You're listening to the Beauty Me podcast, which is all about beauty without the BS. If you're interested in how the worlds of beauty and wellness are intertwined, or you're obsessed with daily rituals of skincare and self-care, or you just want to know the latest when it comes to new beauty, this is for you. I'm your host, Sharice Kenyon. So it's the first episode of 2021, and I'm getting back into it in a kind of gentle way. We're in another lockdown, so the guests that I had lined up in the UK, I had some really cool ones. I've cancelled them purely because... When someone's in the same country as me, I really want to make the effort to meet them face to face, record face to face and kind of show you how they live as well as, you know, what they're talking about. So I've shelved those plans for now, but the list is getting longer and longer. I've got some really amazing guests coming up. But as with the previous two lockdowns, I've just switched to going all global recipes, recipes. (laughs) I've switched to going to global guests in the coming weeks. You'll be hearing from people in Italy, America. So watch this space. But today it's just about me, really. It's my makeup essentials. I know that when I shared my skincare essentials, that actually had a really good response. So I'm taking it for granted that you guys still want to hear from me. I think the added bonus of this is being someone that is an avid makeup wearer. It's kind of changed during lockdown. You don't have that reason for doing it anymore. You've got less meetings. You're certainly not going out. But for me, throughout lockdown, doing my makeup has turned into more of a ritual. I will make sure I've got space around me. I'll pop onto my Instagram stories and just um, put it on hands-free and just play music and do my makeup. It's always there. It's not something that I've just let go during lockdown. I've definitely given my skin more of a chance to breathe. But as someone that deals with hormonal acne, I wanted to throw some tips in here just about how you can still wear your makeup and just different ways of wearing it. I know personally, I've learned a lot. So I've broken this down into different parts of the face and I'm just going to get into it with the base. To be honest, I can't remember the last time I put foundation on my face. I've been sent a few, but I haven't actually tested them yet. I've got, I've got my favorite foundations, but honestly, I'm I'm trying to think the last time I would have used a straightforward foundation on my face. I think I've ended up feeling that foundation is very much one of those things that you use when you know you're going to be out all day. Like if I know I'm on a shoot all day, or if I'm recording a couple of podcasts in a different city, that's when I put my foundation on. I see it very much as full coverage, you know, into the hairline, up to the ears, down the neck, like full, full, full coverage. And I don't know if it's a lockdown thing or just the fact, you know, we're in so much more, so I'm not wearing foundation, but I guess I've started to see my face as more of a canvas and at different times, that canvas will require different things. I feel like with foundation, it's almost a mask-like approach. It's about covering everything and it can kind of give you that flat canvas that you can build on. Whereas at this point, I'm using different techniques to kind of highlight and hide things. I've probably mentioned it many times before, but I do deal with hormonal acne. So for me, I'm not going anywhere. So there's not that need to hide it as such, but 
if I want to do my makeup for fun, then I'm probably going to, you know, cover those scars or anything that's active. And somebody that's actually taught me a lot is, you know, my previous guest, Katie Jane Hughes. I was watching her do her makeup on a daily basis. And I just love her approach to, she will choose to shape her face, almost create her face. So I think this week recently, she just did one that was about lift, like a lifted effect. Um, but what I, the key thing that I've learned from Katie is to stop covering my face and instead focus on areas that need coverage. To get into the products finally, she is the reason that I purchased Glossier Stretch Concealer. I had clearly been missing out. I'm definitely a Glossier fan. I've got my favorites on the makeup and the skincare. But for some reason, I just thought stretch wouldn't work for me. And I think it was because I was an early adopter of the skin tint and I was just so disappointed. I think I, I, think it, I actually threw it away. But yeah, Katie made me finally purchase Glossier Stretch and I bought it in two colors, G5 and G7. The key to this approach is a smaller brush. I've actually got a concealer brush. I think I've got a Real Techniques concealer brush and a NARS concealer brush. So they're kind of nice and neat and they allow you to just focus on the areas that need coverage. So I don't dot it all over my face and then blend it in. Instead, I'm just taking my time. It definitely takes more time. But like I say, put some music on and just have a go. So you'll dot, you know, I like to, I'm mixed race, so I have different tones on my skin. So I will use the G5, which is the darker, warmer tone to go over any active breakouts or scars. And then I'll use the G7, which is much lighter for those areas where I want brightness, mostly under my eyes. The texture of stretch is actually, it's like this shiny, it's like a shiny, slippery kind of texture, but it comes in a, a pot, so it's not a liquid. But I think it really lives up to its name, stretch. You know, you can kind of just dab it on and stretch it out. So it's the thinnest application ever, but it just gives you that coverage that makes you feel a bit like, okay, I can pop to the shops or I can pop on Instagram stories and not feel like my breakout says hello first before I do. I've actually changed this little system again down to Katie and I now incorporate the NARS soft matte concealer in praline or praline. Because that's matte, I like to go in over the breakouts and the scars with that one. And it kind of just like well, again, it lives up to its name. It's this soft matte texture that blends out. And then I'll still go in with Glossier's G7 under my eyes. So I'll wear those two together. As I said, you definitely want a small brush and you just want to work on the areas that need it. Then I'll use the same brush to apply the lighter shade underneath my eyes. So let's call that the basic base. That's, that's me done with the base. So I wouldn't even say my entire face is covered, but it's all about blending it out. Normally, I'd probably go straight onto eyes and cheeks and kind of let that settle a little bit before putting powder on. But for practicality, I'm just going to go straight into powder here. So again, as with the concealer, I actually use two face powders. I don't know if you guys think that's too much, but for me, again, it's about using what you need where you need it. I used to be into the classic 
Laura Mercier translucent loose powder. I'm guessing loads of you out there use that. It is great, but back in June, I think it was, I switched once mine had run out. I switched to OPV Beauty's translucent setting powder. It's really, really, really light, um, has no color. And because it's so light, you can easily top it up and you will never have buildup. Like you won't have buildup in any creased areas or around the nose. It's really, really good. However, as a pale person, I also recently bought the Charlotte Tilbury Airbrush Flawless Finish Powder in a darker shade. It's number three, the tan shade. And for me, I'll use that kind of like around the outskirts of my face. So forehead, jawline, etc. And maybe even to create a little bit of contour. And then I'll use the OPV one, which is colorless underneath my eyes and like the center of my forehead just to take away that shine. So I'm really intrigued to know what you guys use. And if you think I've already used too many products, let me know. But so far, it's just two concealers and two powders. So I don't think that's too bad. Moving on to the cheeks now. And within the cheeks, I'm talking bronzer and blush. One thing I've realized in all the years I've been writing about makeup, the area that is sorely lacking, like I have drawers full of makeup, but even still, I'm really lacking in the blusher department. I don't know how I let things get so bad because I actually, like there's some amazing blush brands out there. I'm obsessed. I don't even know how to say it. Is it Kaya Weiss? Kaya Weiss? Um, I'm going to look that up. But that brand has those gorgeous creamy blushes. I love the look of the Kosas cream palettes. But I just don't seem to put much effort into buying blush. I think maybe it's because I'm a hardcore bronzer addict. I don't know. That being said, I do own blushes, but they pretty much, most of them tend to be um, powder blushes. So from NARS, I have the classics, Orgasm and Deep Throat. And I also have Seduction, which is this beautiful, it kind of looks like a berry tone, but on the skin, it's a pink. So they're all from NARS. My makeup artist friend, Nush, also gifted me this really pretty coral blush from ColourPop. I think it's called Palatial. And she really recommends their blushes. But to just move away from the powder, I recently bought a couple of cream blush options from Nude Sticks and they were 100% influenced by makeup artist Hindash. He, his YouTube is amazing. Definitely give Hindash a follow on YouTube. Pretty much every time I watch one of his videos, I will be Googling products. He got me into the Nude Sticks Gel Color Lip and Cheek Balm. And I bought this gorgeous, really warm nude tone called Haven. So it's great on lips and cheeks. They It blends right out. I also bought the Nudies Matte All Over Blush in Sunset Strip, which is a much richer, bolder, kind of like a fiery coral tone. I really like the texture of both of these products and they're so blendable. I think when you buy a product, the I know it's not a word, but the blendability is like really important. Even though contouring is still in, you kind of, even like makeup artists like Hindash and Hung Van Gogh, it's all about that seamless blend. So even though areas of the face are defined, it kind of all works together. So yeah, these new sticks products are so good for blending into whatever else you're using, whether that's cream or powder. 
So even though I've admitted that, you know, my blusher game could be a lot stronger, one thing that I've never been caught without is bronzer. I've had my favorites over the years, and I think my favorite bronzing brand is going to be NARS. I will mention NARS a lot in this episode. I just think it's the best quality, the best color payoff brand that's kind of always been there. It's always been like my solid the solid brand that I'll go to. I think in the past, maybe it used to be Mac, but for me, Mac has kind of been swallowed up by so many other smaller, cooler brands. So if I had to choose my favorite NARS bronzers are Casino, maybe Laguna, but if you're clever, you'll buy the double. There's a, there's a duo bronzer from NARS that has Casino and Laguna in it. And I also love the matte version of Samoa, but it goes on pretty intense. And yeah, I've gone on my stories a few times and shown people, yeah, I went in a bit heavy on the bronzer. It's just because it's matte, it really gives you that solid block of color. So you really need to blend it out. For me, bronzer is that sculpting element that you want. You know, I have cheekbones, but I always want to make them appear sharper and also As someone who is really yellow toned, for me, bronzer gives you that. It helps me look alive, basically. Another bronzer brand that I really do like is Fenty Beauty's Cheeks Out, the cream bronzers that came out. I like to use Butter Biscuit and Teddy together. Again, they are so great for sculpting the face and you can actually make them have a really natural finish because they blend right in. One thing I like to do after watching High Fidelity Zoe Kravitz's makeup artist would use cream bronzers and not any blush. So maybe she'd put something on the lips that was very natural and she would literally just sculpt Zoe's face with the bronzers without adding blush. And I think it probably doesn't sound that natural, but it's just a really great way to just enhance what you've already got. Oh, and by the way, I've been wanting to do a special on high fidelity, but the makeup artist Miho has said... I don't know if she said she hasn't got time, but also she's just not a fan of being out there in the public. So I might try her again. I'm probably going to tag her in this episode on social because I just love what she does with Zoe Kravitz's face in High Fidelity. It's really minimal, but really impactful. To round up the cheek part, I've kind of brought the highlighters into this bit. Um, as you probably know, if you wear highlighter, it's not just for cheeks. You can use it pretty much anywhere, you know, the bridge of your nose, the cupid's bow, the chin. But for me, my favorite part is like the top of my cheeks to kind of add some depth to the bronzer that's already there. I feel like highlighters have really come a long way and we've got so much choice and I don't actually have a preference between cream or powder because the powders that are out there are so fine. You can really get that creamy liquid effect. My current favorites are Danessa Myrick's Illuminating Veil. It's like, it's literally like liquid gold. It's amazing and it blends into anything. If you know Danessa's products at all, um, or her makeup looks, you'll know that she's like really serious about her blending and layering. She layers a lot of products, but I don't think it ever looks that way. She also kind of starts from the collarbones up as well for most of her shoots. So her products are really about, you can kind of tell they've been formulated to give you the best possible results. I think as a makeup artist, she really cares about the products that she's putting out there. 
So Illuminating Veil was actually gifted to me, but I'm definitely looking to invest in more of her range, specifically the Dew Wet Highlighter and the Color Fix um, options she has, the shimmery ones, the matte ones, like it's a lot. But yeah, definitely check out at Danessa Myricks on Instagram and you'll see what I mean. Her products are stunning. Another highlighter that I like right now was also gifted to me by Revlon. It's a powder one, but it's so fine. You can literally blend it right out and then keep adding layers. It's called Skin Lights. And the color I have is like this really pale, cool gold tone. It's called Daybreak Glimmer. And yeah, it's very barely there, but you can build it up. Another option, if I'm traveling... I would always take Glossier's Halo Scope in Topaz. It's I don't know if you know the Glossier Halo Scopes, but as with all things Glossier, it's very sheer, very barely there. But I really like Topaz because of how sheer it is. It gives you a tiny hint of color, but it's all about the shine. Another one for travel is the Fenty Beauty Matchsticks in Cinnamon, which is has a lot more color to it. It's very different to Halo Scope. It's more of a bronzy tone, a bronzy glow that's not as sheer as Halo Scope. But again, you can use those together. I feel like every product I'm mentioning today is going to give you that blendability, as I say. And again, because so many of them are so sheer, if you do have acne-prone skin, it shouldn't be, you're you're not going to feel like you're clogging your skin. Okay, so we're on to eyes now. And for me, I think it's another lockdown effect. I've moved away from kind of the perfect cat's eyeliner or a graphic eyeliner. Although I did put one on my stories and my page actually last week. I don't know if you saw it at Beauty Me podcast. I'm wearing like this really thin, um, bright blue eyeliner. But that was a one-off. Most of lockdown, I've been into sort of more smudgy, blendable products. A product that I really like right now, actually, is a multitasking pencil range from Makeup Forever. They're called Color Art Pencils, and I think they come in about 39 shades. You can use them anywhere. You can create freckles. You can use them on your eyebrows. You can use them as eyeliner, lip liner. They glide on. They're really nice and soft, but the color is solid enough to last all day. I've got four shades, two brown ones and a white and a bright pink that I'm planning on using to do something graphic. But yeah, I haven't got around to it yet. That said, I am actually really good at a classic cat's eye. You know, I'm just putting it out there. But for me, there's pretty much only one eyeliner for that. And it's the Surat Autographique liner. Like there is nothing better than that eyeliner. Like seriously, the fact that it's refillable makes too much sense. And I really wish other brands would get on board If you can make a product refillable, like just do it already. But that's not the only reason that I love this. The brush is crafted to perfection. And I think just about anyone could use it easily. It's a must buy from me. I get that some people probably wouldn't love refillable products because, you know, I've had the liner itself, the packaging for a while. So it doesn't look brand new and sparkly. But I just love the fact that I can pay I think it's the equivalent of $18 for the refill and it comes in, it's just like a calligraphy pen. So it's like this little pot of ink, like a little tube of ink that you'll put inside and just you're ready to go again. I think refillable has to be the way we're just 
<laughs> using too many products right now. And I realize that's a bit of an oxymoron from somebody that's doing an episode all about products, but you know, that's the world we live in. Um, like I say, Surratt's Autographic Liner, that's a must from me. When it comes to eyeshadows, I'm really loving Kiko Milano's Creamy Lasting Eyeshadow. It's like a little, it almost feels a little bit moist, damp. They're not my favorite word, but um, it almost feels like a wet effect, but it goes on kind of like really smooth and silky, like powdery. I also really like their long lasting eyeshadow sticks. They're kind of chunky, so you can draw a, draw a line on, blend it out, and you're done for the day, really. If I want to wear something that's barely there, I'll go for Glossier's Lid Star, either in Fawn or Lily, and then, you know, I'm just good to go. They're kind of good for a zoom because there's not much detail there, but you can put that on, put your mascara on, and you're done. And that brings me to the most important part of my makeup, to be honest. Mascara, I think I can honestly say I am the mascara queen. I've tried many in my time and it's just been years of experimentation. I think it might be because I've always been into kind of like the, the heavy lash look from the 60s. Really thick, kind of chunky, but not necessarily clumpy. Over time, my style has evolved into kind of more thick thickness, but also volume and length. Mascara is that product that just makes me look alive and more me. My current obsession is Milk Makeup's Kush Mascara, which was again gifted to me by my friend Nush. It's really thick and it's best applied after you've like kind of scraped, removed a lot of what's on the wand. Even once you've wiped the wand, you'll still have plenty of products for really thick lashes. Um, so I'll tend to do a few coats. It reminds me of Dior Makeup's Dior Show, which again is a classic um, mascara that's really known for a heavy look. It's certainly not for anyone that wants to do that natural look. But that being said, whenever I try something new, I tend to always go back to my all-time favorite, which is a L'Oreal mascara, and it's called Lash Architect. They do a glossy version and a regular version. It's just a no-brainer. I go back to it all the time. I buy it a few times a year. And it's just a perfect balance of inky black voluminous lashes. When I'm not using that, I do kind of like a couple of the Chanel mascaras, Le Volume Stretch and Le Volume. They're both great. Their applicators are, they just give you the right amount of product. One thing I would say about mascara, though, is no matter what you buy, essentially they are all very similar, even down to the formulas. It's how you apply it that will give you the effect that you're after. So if you're someone that wants, you know, that natural, barely there look, I like to kind of use a mirror and look down into it and only apply the mascara like right in the roots of my lashes and only on the underside. So that if you were looking down, you won't see anything on the top of my lashes. It, it will look like I'm not wearing mascara, but when my eyes are open, you get just that little hint of it of kind of, it's just a bit of definition. So it opens up your eyes a bit. But if like me, you want really thick, heavy lashes, then I would tend to do three coats. I think that's something I learned from Charlotte Tilbury a long time ago. I think I'd heard her say that. So three coats give your eyes a little bit of a break in between each coat because then the product kind of thickens up a little bit. And then, yeah, it's just a case of practice, really. 
Moving on to lips. I think my lipstick collection probably forms the biggest part of my makeup kit. You know, for reasons of, you know, practicality, I'm not going to give you an entire list of all my favorites. It's way too long. I'm just going to break it down to a couple of simple ones, as in, I think we all want a classic red. For me, it's always been MAC Cosmetics Ruby Woo. If you know, you know, it's just that red you need. It's bold, it's got a blue tone to it, and it's very matte. Although that's the lipstick I kind of buy on repeat once it goes down to like a little nub. I have recently, well, actually, I've had it for months now, but I've got a couple of the Lisa Eldridge lipsticks in Velvet Ribbon. I bought two of the Velvet Ribbon and it's from her True Velvet range. I don't know if you know it, but the texture is just so soft. It's, it's like, it is literally like velvet. Um, the texture is so soft. And I think because she's a makeup artist, again, she just puts that much more effort into the formulations. It goes on really soft. So where you might apply a max Ruby Woo and your lip might drag. Um, this lipstick kind of glides on more. They're both very matte. But yeah, I think this time of year, if you've got those dry winter lips, that can be really unforgiving when you wear a lipstick. I would probably go for the Velvet Ribbon over Ruby Woo. When I want a lip color that's not matte at all and just kind of looks like my lips but better, I am obsessed with the Byredo lipstick in Commuter. It's this really perfect natural pink that I think would work on any skin tone because it's not too pink. The texture is really light and it feels nourishing and wearing it just makes me feel like, you know, I made a bit of effort for whatever meeting I've got that day on Zoom. As I mentioned mass earlier, obviously you can't wear your usual lipstick and put a mask on. It's just pointless. I've tried it a couple of times and I just come home and my mask that's usually pink has just got a red mess all in it. It's not very <laughs> pretty. But um, what I have switched to is just wearing a lip liner all over. You need to make sure it's kind of got the right consistency, a little bit waxy, but giving you a lot of color. So I've got three favorites, I think, when it comes to lip liner. There is this range that I was sent. It's called Gloss My Heart. It's a UK-based lip liner range, and she's just focused on creating the most perfect shades. Number 16 is this beautiful pink that's kind of like, it's very similar to, whoever seems to wear it, it seems very similar to their actual lip shade. I really love that. And it definitely stays all day. I'll just put that all over my lips and that's it. I'm done. I also love the Emmerlin Metamorphosis Velvet Longwear Lip Definer in Tanzania. It is so gorgeous on brown skin. And another essential has to be the Charlotte Tilbury Lip Cheat in Hot Gossip, which is this really sexy, neutral nude. Again, it looks good on any skin tone. So I really would encourage you to try that out. And if you need a darker version, I'd probably advise like Foxy Brown, which is kind of a 90s brown. All of the lip liners I've mentioned wear really well underneath the mask for most of the day. But once you get home and you've got that, you know, you take your mask off and your upper lips all damp and your lips just feel disgusting and you want to get the color off, I'll clean mine off maybe with a warm flannel and then I'll put lip balm on and then put on the Dior Addict Lip Glow Oil in Cherry. So it's kind of like that whole 
kind of how you see your skincare, you'll put something hydrating on and then maybe lock in the hydration. That's what I'll do with balm and the lip oil. And right now my lips need all the help they can get. Okay, so we made it to the final section and it's probably the one part of the face that many makeup artists would say really frame your face. I'm talking about the eyebrows. I barely have any. So for me, my whole life, it's been about creating the illusion of brows. What I settled on eventually was Glossier's boy brow. I have to admit, I used to think it was just a load of nonsense. I just used to think, as with, again, that barely there concept, I just saw boy brow as this tiny little wand of product that wouldn't really do anything for me but I've learned that it's all about combining it with other products. So for me, the perfect combination, if I have time, I'll use Glossier's Brow Flick, first of all, to kind of draw in the the little fake hairs. Um, the most important thing with Brow Flick I've learned is to try and have as dry a backdrop. So try not to have tons of products in your eyebrows. Try and, you know, put some powder there before you start drawing in the little flicks. So I'll use that and then I will define the brows a little bit with my Estee Lauder Brow Now Brow Defining Pencil. That took a while to say, but um, I've been buying that one for years and I will use that to kind of define the outer edges of my eyebrows, use the Glossier Brow Flick in between and then go in with Boy Brow. And the most important thing with Boy Brow is to go kind of work backwards. So rather than just brushing it in the direction of your hair, you kind of want to brush in the opposite direction. I've actually had a few people ask me in my stories how I do my brows. And I've had, I know there was someone that said she's got a boy brow and she's like, I don't know how to use it. And when I explained to her, you need to go backwards, she DM'd me back saying it was a game changer for her. So yeah, boy brow, you want to swipe through your brows one way. And then I might kind of leave it for a couple of seconds and then... I will coax the brows the other way into the shape that I want. That combination of boy brow, brow flick and the pencil, that's my perfect brow. And I'll make one final mention of a brow product, which is Fenty Beauty's Brow MVP. I prefer the Estee Lauder pencil, but this one is a much finer, almost like a crayon. Very, It's a very small crayon. It's actually a lot better at drawing in individual um strokes so that's another good one and you can blend it out as well with this like little soft brush at the end and that's it I can't believe I've made it through the list I'm going to give you guys the full list on my show notes with links to every single product I've mentioned here no I am not telling you to go out and buy anything because I'm not trying to do that I'm not trying to encourage you to overspend I'm not trying to tell you you need these things I just wanted to kind of round up the things that I regularly use. Like I get scent products, I buy products, but most, I would say 90% of what's on this list is stuff that I've been buying long-term on repeat. There's a few newbies in there, like the nude sticks and the gloss my heart, but everything else is pretty much something I've been using for a few years now. I would love to know what you guys rely on when it comes to day to day. Thanks so much for listening. You can find me on Instagram at Beauty Me Podcast and feel free to slide into the DMs. Do please like, subscribe and review. It really helps Beauty Me be seen.